In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. What is that? That big candle? The Paschal candle? What's that all about? What's that? The altar? Hmm. What is that? Stained glass windows? What does that mean? What can I learn from that? What about the ambry behind me with the holy oils? What's that? What are they used for? What is that crucifix about him hanging there for us? What's MCRD about? Training Marines? What's that person to your right or left, or maybe in front of you, that you're listening to, what is that? What's my soul? I think it's a great question to ask, what is that? In his novel, Quo Vadis, the nephew of Petronius, Marcus Vinicius, asked Petronius, his uncle, why he resists the call to Christianity. Marcus knows that his uncle is a wise man, and he has come to understand that Christianity is true. Petronius replies, no, I will not receive it. Even if the truth and the wisdom of the gods and men were contained in it, that would require labor. And I have no fondness for labor. Labor demands self-denial. And I will not deny myself anything. I have my gems my cameos, my vases, my Eunice. I do not believe in Olympus, but arrange it on earth here for myself. Petronius has the gods of Olympus arranged just as he wants them. Although he may not believe in them, they are a comfort, and more importantly, he can control them. They are under his control. Dear brothers and sisters, does this sound familiar? Do we have God under our thumb? Are we calling the shots? Are we arranging eternity? Wow, that's silly business. And that's why we come to church is to deal with foolishness, with silly business. And we come to ask the existential, the big questions. What is that? Our context for our first reading today in Exodus 16 is it's about the joys and the trials and the dangers of spiritual transformation. How many of you want spiritual transformation? Raise your hands. Not unless you're driving your car, okay? We don't want you to crash. What is that? transformation. So the Israelites were released from oppression and slavery for 400 years. They were under that. And it took maybe a week, maybe less, maybe a day. And they were complaining and saying, God, let us go back to slavery. Let us go back to oppression. Wow, that's silly. 
And how often maybe do we say that with our lives? Maybe we're not saying it with our words, but we're going to go back to the same old, same old after this. And it's slavery and it's oppression. And that is not Jesus Christ. That is not his church. That is not the work that he wants to do in this community. But how often do we go back? We want to go back to our flesh pots. Calling the shots and staying there. Safe and secure and snug and dying. Because we keep going back to that which cannot give life. We're going to play it safe and live in slavery rather than risking freedom. To risk freedom in God. I encourage us all to help each other to risk that freedom in God and that fullness to stop arranging eternity like you were there at the beginning <laughs> and calling the shots and being separated from God, living in oppression, being choked by the oppression that has its hands around our necks. Or, as Grace will say today, when she receives her first communion, she'll say, amen, so be it. So be this freedom. May it happen in me today and forever. And that fullness and sharing of God's life. And then as we continue to read on Exodus 15, the Lord says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven. Gather your daily portion. He didn't say gather your lifetime's portion. He said today. Daily bread. Day in and day out we need it to pray for that need of his daily bread. But who's going to provide the bread from heaven? No man has ever said this. Maybe they've claimed to say this in their life and words. But this is the, the great and revolutionary news that we have as we enter into communion. So the bread from heaven would come down at night and as the dew evaporated, there would be hoarfrost, and there would be manna. And guess what? Guess what manna means? What is that? That's what manna means. What is that? Where did that bread come from? I mean, it's a miracle. Where did that come from? Isn't every breath a miracle? Isn't every heartbeat a miracle? Isn't it that you are alive and invited to eternal life right here and right now? Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that good news? How good is our God that he's inviting us to the bread of life, the food that lasts forever? All this other stuff is washing away. As the Pacific Ocean washes away a sandcastle on the beach. But the bread of life the cup of salvation. But the people want to go back to their flesh pots. Have you ever done that? I have. Silly me. Silly me. Flesh pots, food, drink, sex, unrestrained living. Where am I going to eat? What's my next pleasure going to be? That's not what our lives are about. Our lives are about communion. It's all about communion, together with union, not being separated, but knowing each other. That's Jesus' goal, that's his aim, that's his passion and death on the cross for us, so that we might have that. 
we look for entertainment. And what does entertainment mean? It means to come between you and something else, to entertainment. The old French means to amuse or distract. The Latin, coming off the French actually, it means someone coming into and controlling your mind. That's what entertainment means. Someone coming into and controlling your mind. We come together in this community to rethink everything. What is that? What's that about? There's going to be, we aren't going to allow anything to get between us and God. I always want to say amen because, but we're not going to allow that. This, what's coming between you and God? Let's rethink this. Let's rethink flesh pots. And let's rethink freedom. Are you free? Are you free to declare your love for Jesus, even if it might cost you a little bit or big time or everything? Are you free? Am I free? Is this the freedom that Christ wants for us in baptism? Yes. But how free are you? Or how bound are you by this world and its slavery? Communion. Grace is going to come into full communion in the Catholic Church today, together with union. She's going to open her heart, and that's going to be Jesus. And it's, that's what it's going to be all about. So let me ask you, as we think about communion and the freedom of the children of God, who needs to be in communion with who? We act, don't we, so many times as Christians that Jesus needs to be in communion with me. Because remember, I'm arranging eternity. I'm calling the shots. I'm the BMOC. I'm the big man on campus. I know how this goes. Sit down, Jesus. Let me tell you how it goes. Silly me. Foolishness. God says we don't have to be fools. In community, we can come to be wise. We can move into freedom. Grace isn't going to be calling the shots. She's not going to be arranging eternity. The Eucharist is. For every last one of us. For every ounce. You know what Pope Benedict said? He said, even the molecules in the bread give up their right to be molecules in the Eucharist. They surrender and say, Eucharist you make me. That would be a great thing for us all. Eucharist, you make me. And that's what we celebrate. I was reflecting on communion this last week. I just want to share this with you. There's only one life. Christ. There's only one life. Christ. And that's the Eucharist for us when we come here today and work for the bread that lasts. John 6, 27. What are you working for? What's all your toil for and your sweat? Why are you so upset about things other than not having communion? And Jesus goes on to say, it wasn't Moses who gave you bread from heaven. It was my father. Look beyond. Look behind all these great gifts, especially the Eucharist. What is that? Where is that from? Yes, the Israelites just want to go back to where things were 
even if it was full of slavery and oppression. How about you? How about me? You free? Who cares what man thinks? All that matters is what God thinks. No man, no woman, no thing is my savior. They're dust. To dust they shall return. Me too. Without the bread of life. I think there's a lot of people in the church, including myself, I just want to go back to the way things were. I just want to go back. Had a great experience in college. Could I just go back there and have that kind of community and that's going to be the best and nothing's going to top that? But it's not the way it works with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't take us back. He takes us into the new each and every day. How, what will you pull back for me today? Holy Spirit, how will you let me see heaven? How will you help me to discern to become a better lover of souls? And we remember what our acronym for new is, right? Never ending wow. That's the business we're in, to be wowed, because that's all heaven will be. And we're not waiting for heaven to have heaven. Heaven's coming to earth today in this Eucharist. Manna. What is that? My oldest brother, Chuck, just turned 70 years old. I sent him a birthday video. He's a deacon. He's retiring and going to continue to help out with the church. But I sent him this video. It was kind of a morbid, like, greeting, but you got to understand Amsbury humor. I said, Chuck, you're retiring. You're 70 years old. And you're going to be dead before you know it. Him and his wife called back and they said, that was funny. <laughs> that was awesome. And it's so true. Father John, what kind, what is that? What is that? What kind of statement is that? It's the truth. <laughs> That's what kind of statement that is the truth. Just a few years ago, just like a second ago, I was playing Little League Baseball in State and Oregon, winning the championship for John Lucas Chevrolet. I was a basketball player in sixth grade basketball playing for the Sublimity Saints public grade school team. And now I'm here, I'm in my 25th year of priesthood. Boom, like that. What is that? It's fast. And it's just earth. It's just a, nothing compared to the big picture. What is that? Come on, people, think. Let's think together. Let's rethink together. Let's be in communion and have the one mind of Christ about what this is about. Let's come to our senses like the prodigal son and say, whoa, this is the one it's about. This depravity like the Israelites. Just another example of what is that? We celebrated the great feast day of St. Ignatius of Loyola yesterday. One who was very similar in some ways to St. Francis, got injured in war, got injured by a cannonball, and was through that, like Francis, came to God. But there is a uh, basilica in the Basque country in Spain, Loyola Basilica. It's grand. It's imposing. 
it's kind of maybe like the temple, you know, just, just standing out in the midst of this farmsteads in the valley there. And then you come into church and there's this high marble altar, it's glorious, and you have this glorious triumphant statue of St. Ignatius. There's an ornate dome, there's an organ, stained glass windows, there's a jewel to the place. There's a jewel, and it's off to the side of the church, and it's going up to St. Ignatius' room, his chapel. And as you're going up, there's uh, another statue of Ignatius, but he's wounded by the cannonball, and he's failing. And there's a, a good question if Ignatius even ever knew his mother. So there was suffering. And there was pain and there was failing. But in this chapel of conversion, it was austere, simple, serene place. And there all he had to read was about the life of Christ and the saints. And in that place, I'm sure he was asking, what is that? What is my life? Is it about being a noble knight, having honor and glory and money and riches and flesh pots? And there's an inscription in that room in Basque in Spanish that reads, Here, Ignatius of Loyola gave himself to God. He radically did. Think about the millions of people on all seven continents who have been blessed by St. Ignatius in their education, in their outreach to the poor, to go to the margins, to the end of the earth. I hope you're jealous of that, I am. Do something. Let's do something with our lives. Let's rethink things. Stop going to flesh pots. But we go to him. Here in this room, in this jewel of the place of the basilica, here Ignatius of Loyola gave himself to God. What's the cause of all that good unleashed on our world for 500 centuries? What is that? <laughs>